Hello. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to Elevate Your Business. I am Laurie Lee, owner and attorney with Elevate Business Law. We provide legal advice to small businesses throughout the state of Florida, and as part of our mission to provide small business owners with good business practices, we interview business advisors from various industries. Today, we are lucky enough to have Jeff Kramer with the Kramer Law Center. And just so you have it, if you'd like to visit their website or learn more about Jeff as you listen to him today, his website is www.kramerlawcenter.com. That's Kramer, C-R-A-M-E-R, lawcenter.com. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Lori. Thanks for uh, having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're very privileged to have you today, um, and, and you are a very experienced uh, attorney, and you, I think you had told me earlier, you have been practicing law for 42 years. Is that right? Yes, I, I just uh, celebrated my um, 42nd uh, anniversary at the Florida Bar uh, this week. Congratulations. That's wonderful. I, uh, I, I love that you have all this wealth of knowledge and experience to share with us today. And, and Jeff is an estate planning attorney um, in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, licensed to practice law here in Florida. Um, are you licensed in any other state, Jeff? I am not, just Florida. Okay, very, very good, as, as, as well as I am, just in Florida. All right, so let's talk today. We're going to talk a little bit about estate planning and as estate planning relates to small business ownership. And before we kind of dig into the small business ownership piece, I'd like to start kind of at a, at a more fundamental level as what is estate planning? Can you give us a little bit of background on that? Well, that's a very good question, Lori. In fact, I was uh, reading an article recently that um, complained there is no really good definition of estate planning uh, out there. So um, what I've devised um, to get people uh, to understand what's, what's going on is the following definition. I want to control my property while I'm alive and well and plan for me and my loved ones if I become disabled. I haven't had anybody disagree with that, but um, what's important is that this is lifetime planning. Estate planning is not just about death and taxes. So you want to control your property uh, while you're alive and well, and then plan in the event of a disability. And then you want to give what you have to whom you want, when you want, in the way that you want to do it, all while assuring that your wisdom is transferred along with the rest of your wealth. So that's the after-death part. And uh, what we find interesting uh, is that... Uh, Children and grandchildren are interested uh, as much in family stories, family history, uh, philosophy, uh, legacy of the family as they are uh, the tangible assets or any wealth that would be left to them. So that, that's a basic definition that, that we have of what goes into estate planning. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, people tend to think, you know, law is so kind of orderly, you know, not quite as emotional, you know, very objective. It's kind of rules and little process to follow. But there's this human component to it. And, and I love that you mentioned that because it reminds me of, of when my grandmother was alive and I would sit and listen to her stories for 
hours and hours and, and pull out those old photographs and want to know who all these people were that were in my family tree. And I think that's such a critical piece of this, of what you do. Now, how do you, you know, when, when people come to your office and, and they're getting started on their estate plan, is there anything you do with this extra kind of human piece? Well, there is. We uh, have several tools that uh, we can use, but one of our favorites is called the priceless conversation because um, it, it, you know, you, you mentioned those conversations with your grandmother and I, I bet you wish that they'd been recorded I and do. that you could play them now. So we, we have um, uh, some, some tools where, um, we have topics that we can talk to our clients about and make a, a recording. It's usually about a 45-minute conversation, say, on the meaning of money or the meaning of success or any one of a number of topics. My business would be something that, that business owners would be interested in to, to just have a conversation that you're leaving to future generations, how I started my business uh, what went into it, why it's important uh, to me and, and our philosophies and things like that. So uh, that's just one of the, the tools that we have, but we make sure that we address the human component as well as uh, the wealth. And, and, you know, I think I think most business owners would agree with this statement in that when you when you start your business and you own your business, it's not just about business. It's about you growing personally too. I mean, to, in order to have a successful business, you have to have this personal growth. You know, it's this kind of this self discovery. What? How? How much risk can I take? Um, you know, what problems do I feel comfortable handling? You know, how much further do I want to push this? How do I want to handle these things? I mean, there's all these questions as a business owner. And as you figure those out, you know, and you think to yourself, you know, to be able to pass that knowledge and that wisdom on to your kids and grandkids and their kids um, is such a valuable uh, offering that you have. And, and I love that about your services. Well, we're, we are happy to do it, and we think that it, um, the more successful people uh, are the ones who uh, do take the time to pass these values on to the next generation. So now we're going to kind of get into a little bit more of, of technical things, <laughs> the, the, okay. the legal rules and, and framework. So what is usually involved as far as documents? What's usually involved in an estate plan? Well, what's, what's usually involved, uh, if, if anything at all, because um, nearly 70% of uh, adults have no estate plan that they prepared. And the first thing everyone needs to understand in the state of Florida is that the legislature has prepared an estate plan for you, uh, whether you know it or not. And the legislature also has set your estate planning budget. So we all have a budget for planning, um, whether we do planning on our own or not. And let me explain what I mean by that. Most people think of a will as the primary estate planning document. In, in uh, the state of Florida, if you do have a will or you don't have a will and die with no planning, then the state's will goes into effect. That's called uh, intestacy. And the family will be required to go through a probate proceeding, which is a court process. And the minimum fees that 
the attorney will charge to shepherd the family through that process is 3% of the gross value of the estate. And uh, it's not that the family can say, well, we'll just do it ourselves. We don't want an attorney. Again, in the state of Florida, attorneys are required for probate uh, proceedings uh, because the legislature, again, determined that with so many uh, seniors and an elderly population in general, they didn't want people running around without lawyers crowding up the, the court system and, and not knowing what they're doing. So an attorney is required, and a 3% fee is the, the floor, the minimum fee that the legislature has determined is reasonable. So the state has both a plan for those that don't plan and a budget for those that don't plan. Once you know that, then you can start being more proactive and uh, developing a plan on your own. So uh, what we do is we don't do very much uh, will planning, will-based planning at all. In fact, I am not um, a proponent of wills. I think that people um, are generally mistaken, and attorneys have been at fault for this, in believing that, well, I'll just do a will, uh, put it in a drawer for 20 years, and everything will be fine, because it won't. Um, and a will is a document with very serious limitations. It only deals with the after-death transfer of your assets, um, and uh, it's it can be an expensive, uh, time-consuming, and it's a very public process for the family to go through. So we're not we're not big on will planning, which is what most people think estate planning is all about. Instead, we focus on uh, revocable living trusts as the the base document for our clients' uh, plans. And um, people, you know, right off the bat say, "Oh, a trust! Ooh, that sounds very complicated <laughs> and mm-hmm. expensive." Uh, and we we get that all the time. But the truth is uh, that trusts are for everyone. And trusts are not as complicated or as expensive as people believe. Um, now, that's a, a statement that people would say, well, you know, how do, how do we know about that? Well, one of the things we do is we try to educate um, the public on a monthly basis. It's a no-cost, uh, you know, no-involvement uh, uh, workshop that we do every month. We call it the truth about estate planning. And it's a, it takes about two and a half hours. It's not just a 30-minute a uh, overview or sales pitch. It's a real educational workshop on what all is involved in estate planning and how trusts can, can work for everyone and how they are affordable for everyone. Again, knowing that the state has already set that 3% budget for you, we can actually do comprehensive trust planning for less than the uh, 3%. And uh, the the more we're able to educate folks that that's out there and available, um, then uh, the more people are going to be able to protect themselves and their families. That's, that's really interesting. Can you tell us what is a trust? Well, the 
the simplest way to understand a trust is that it's an empty box uh, or your other pocket. Uh, most of us uh, own whatever we own, either in our individual names or married couples often own things jointly. So instead of owning, um, let's say, your bank account or your investment account in your individual name, uh, the trust the, the trust would own that title to that asset, um, and then the um, asset would be governed by the terms of the trust. So it's just like you put it in the box, you write instructions on the outside as to who can get in the box if you become disabled or after your death, and uh, if you do become disabled or after you, you do die, uh, because I think the the rate of death is still right at 100%, um, <laughs> then, you know, the lid slams shut, uh, the duct tape goes on the box, and only the person who you've named can get into the box, and they must follow the directions that you left on the outside. So it's not, as a concept, that that complicated. It's just putting your assets uh, in a different title, but you live your life the exact same way. You don't have to get a tax ID number. You don't have to file uh, taxes differently. Everything is the same, but you have this recognized planning tool, recognized by the IRS, recognized by uh, state law, that provides a way to protect your family uh, and to um, not only do that, but to uh, avoid this probate process that is required for people with wills. The One of the big reasons to do uh, a revocable living trust is that after your death, the administration of that trust can be done privately without having to go through court. Um, and that then would be done at, at a lower cost and quicker and, uh, again, without any peering eyes of the public um, trying to find out what's in your estate. Mm. Okay. And so, but during your lifetime, you can do whatever you want with that box. You can put things in it. You can take things out of it. You can change the directions and who's allowed in it. You can do all those changes during your lifetime. Absolutely. It is uh, a revocable uh, trust, meaning that you can do all of those things. You can uh, fold, spindle, mutilate the box, whatever you want to do. You can start over again um, during your lifetime while you're alive and well. Then you have absolute, complete control over your property. Okay, so we've got, we understand the probate. We have to go to court. There's a 3%, basically a fee uh, to do the probate. We know about the wills and we understand about the trust. I'd like to switch and talk a little bit about taxes. And I, I know this is a very complicated topic, um, but can you give us just a very, very high level, thin overview of when, when you're dealing with an estate plan and you're crafting this, you know, for each client of yours, you do have to consider taxes and all the tax rules, right? You do, and uh, fortunately for most people, it's not as complicated as it once was because uh, so few people 
are subject to the estate tax currently. Um, there are two things to know about uh, the estate tax. First, for married couples, there is what's known as an unlimited marital deduction, which means that married couples can leave everything they own to their surviving spouse and never pay an estate tax on that first death. So whether you're Bill Gates with billions of dollars, you can you know leave things to uh, your spouse and there won't be any tax. But that's only that only goes for the first death, and then that surviving spouse is going to have uh, quite a tax burden uh, later on if you're Mrs. Gates. Um, the other aspect is we all have a personal exemption amount that the, that we call a coupon. It's like uh, going to the grocery store and using a coupon. So that personal exemption amount is now f- roughly $5.5 million per person or $11 million for a family. So only if you're over that, you have an estate worth more than $5.5 million or $11 million for a married couple, would you be subject to estate tax. And that, so, that's not I, very many people. Go ahead. That's right. But I think I, I want to kind of touch on this really briefly is when people hear those numbers, I think – a lot of us say, oh, well, I'm not even close to that. But what they don't realize is what goes into that number. It's not just your house, you know, your cars, your investments, your bank account, your jewelry. It's also things like insurance policies, right? Um, yes, uh, it is. Um, whatever is the amount that comes to that next generation must be under five and a half million. So if you have a five million dollar insurance policy and a house and some other things, you you could be over that. Uh, Absolutely true. Is there, you know, what are you hearing as far as the future of this coupon amount? Is there any kind of talk about reducing that amount in the next few years? Not in the next few years. What we're hearing is that the uh, Trump administration has proposed to do away with the estate tax altogether. Um, And although we don't expect anything to happen in 2017, there is the possibility that in 2018 um, the uh, Congress may do away with the estate tax, and that will, you know, help the um, the two-tenths of one percent of the people that would be paying it now uh, and and then it would just it would be gone but the fact that the estate tax is gone doesn't mean that the government uh, is not going to be taxing us in some way and the last time the estate tax had disappeared during 2010 for just a one-year period while Congress tried to make up its mind what it was doing Uh, there were changes to the capital gains tax that greatly increased the capital gains tax people would be paying um, to replace the estate tax. Now, it was only at half the amount, 20% instead of 40%, but still, there are other taxes. 
to be considered. And when you're doing estate planning, you have to consider not only the estate tax ex- itself, but what kind of uh, capital gains taxes would there be on gains, appreciation, say the growth of a business, for example, um, and uh, all of that goes into planning. So even though we're at historically high levels uh, of the coupon and it, it, the estate tax may be done away with for now, uh, we always encourage our clients to stay up to date because Congress can change its mind overnight and bring back um, a, a, a tighter system. Um, so that's um, always possible, but, but right now things are pretty good. Um, the, the one caveat I would add, if uh, any of uh, your listeners are interested in history, uh, the the thing to keep in mind historically is that the estate tax over the past 100 years has taxed approximately 2% of american families mm-hmm. so it's never wow. been a tax it's never been a tax on small business or it's never been a tax on uh, the 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 family farm so to speak that that a lot of detractors say oh we've we've got to do away with this tax it has only taxed the wealthiest 2% of families over time now it's only taxing the wealthiest two-tenths of one percent of families. So um, if, the, if history is a guide, when there's a correction some years from now and it goes back to, let's say, two percent like it has been, then you're looking at today's, and today's equivalent of a $1 million coupon instead of a five-and-a-half million dollar coupon. Mm. So that's just something for everyone to keep in the back of their minds. Okay. Well, good. Thank you for that. And I know that's a complicated topic and you did a really good job of explaining that um, in a simple way for us. I'd like to transition now that we kind of have a basis for what estate planning is and why it's so critical to have. There's this added layer for those of us who own our own businesses. And Part of that added layer is that our businesses are our assets, um, are a part of our assets. And so when you're looking at valuing that, those assets or figuring out what goes into that box, it's the trust, and what, the, what are the instructions that you put on that box for your assets, and, and you're putting a business in that box, or part of a business, or trying to decide whether to put the business in the box, there's all these extra questions that come up for business owners, right? Oh, yes, and and particularly small business owners, uh, because that business may be the largest asset that they have. And and figuring out how to, to handle that particular asset with in the context of this estate plan, um, it really takes somebody like the help of somebody like you who kind of knows what they're doing and has all this experience to say, you know what, this is probably the best way of doing it or really what are your goals here, what do you want to have done? And, and I know, you know, you and I have talked about this before, is this, this whole concept of kind of succession planning. What happens to your business, either one, if you decide to retire, Two, if you want to sell it. Three, if you want your kids and other family members to take it over. You know, I mean, obviously, as, as, as we age or as we decide to go in another direction, you know, we've created this business that has value. 
we have to plan for what this business is going going to do or, or if we've become disabled and can't work in our business anymore. And all these are questions that you deal with, right? Yes, and and as part of a of a team, I think that what's critical for business owners is to have a team of trusted advisors that uh, help uh, shepherd them in the business uh, through the years. So, you know, they have a business attorney like you that that advises on um, the business organization and day-to-day issues that that come up. They're going to have a CPA that that helps them with their taxes. They're going to have financial advisors, whether an insurance advisor or or an investment advisor to to help them. And then I think the estate planning attorney is a, a vital part of that team as well because any time a business owner is thinking about succession, planning, uh, exit strategy, anything to do with the business, that's part of the estate plan. It's not really something that you can divide up and say, well, that's separate and only my business attorney should know about it. It's it's part and parcel of the whole plan because how you transition your business involves your family, whether the, the family is going to take over the business or become involved or not. Uh, if it's the biggest part of your wealth, then that's the being able to exit and, and draw some uh, revenue out of the uh, business is what you're going to have to leave to to the family. And so, how when you when you're dealing with a, a small business owner and they come and, and sit down with you, <clears throat> it it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the first step for you would be to figure out what the business owner wants to happen to the business? Are they wanting it to pass to, to their kids? Are they wanting their kids or, or other family members to step in and run it? Or are they wanting to just sell it and get out? Yes, and and it may be so early in the process that, that they don't have a clear vision of that uh, to begin with. Or the, the children may be young and they say, well, I sure hope the kids go into the business, but no one will know for a while whether or not that's the case. So what we believe is a critical component of both business succession planning and estate planning is the idea that that planning must be kept up to date and revisited on a regular basis. Um, And one of the, the key differences in our planning process uh, with what other attorneys do is that that we have a formal ongoing maintenance and updating program where we meet with our clients yearly uh, we restate their documents every other year we're all we're constantly updating and making sure we know what's going on with the family and the family knows what's going on in the law so that their documents can be up to date and then with our small business clients we're doing the same thing in maybe having an extra meeting with with people like you and the CPA and all to talk about the business how the business is going and how that relates to the overall family plan i'm really glad you brought that up because you know even for myself we don't always know what we want 5 years from now 10 years from now but the, the the important component is to figure out what we want today, and we put it in place, 
And then, like you said, a year from now, we revisit it. Do, is that what we still want to happen? Yes, okay, then it's fine the way it is. Or have circumstances changed? Or do we want something different now? Have our goals shifted? And so to constantly revisit it, I think, you know, and this is probably part of human nature, is to avoid doing something if we don't know the answer. And for to sit there and think, what do I want five years from now? Or what do I want 10 or 15, 20 years from now? You know, the further out we go, the less certain we become. Um, and that gets a little intimidating for people. So I like the fact that you really sit down every year. And, 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 and to do that, you're able to then tell your clients, look, let's figure out what you want now. What's good for you now? Next year, we can change it as things move. So there's really no excuse. There's no reason to avoid doing this because you're constantly updating it. Right, and that, that's exactly uh, what we uh, advise. You make the best plan you can for today, and if, if it's scary to think about what you may want in 20 years, we're, we, don't, we don't have to worry about that. We're planning for today, and if, if certain things happen today or don't, and then we're going to revisit it on a, on a constant basis so that uh, whatever changes are necessary, uh, we can make um, address them at the time. And, of course, a key component would be uh, that the charges for that service are manageable, which is why we just charge a, a flat uh, annual fee for that updating rather than being on the clock because as uh, most people know, lawyers generally charge by the hour, and if a business owner is being charged by the hour, they might be reluctant to pick up the phone and call the lawyer. Uh, so we make sure that that, that doesn't uh, keep them from calling us. They, they pay an annual fee. They can call us as often as they like during the year, and, and hopefully that will encourage uh, good planning. Absolutely. And, and we, we both charge flat fees for the exact same reason, um, and, I, and I love that you do the same. I think, I think that, you know, the takeaway from this interview and, and for our listeners is that being a business owner adds a level of complexity to your life in many ways. One of those ways is that <clears throat> the, the business is part of your wealth. It's part of your assets whether your business is making $10,000 a year right now or it's making $100,000 or a million dollars a year. It's, it, it's a part of your asset that you need to plan for. And to do it today rather than wait until you figure out what you want to do with it, no matter how young or old you may be, um, is really important. And the, and the last thing I want to mention here, and I know you, you've thrown this out there before, is about disability. So it's not just about what happens when you die. It's about what happens if you become disabled. And, and what, are, what are some of the issues that the small business owners have with that, that that estate planning can help with? Well, yes, I think that a lot of people focus more on the death part than the disability. But uh, when we're talking about disability, it could be a physical disability or it could be a mental disability. Um, and we never know if there's going to be an accident or a stroke or some sort of medical event that makes us incapacitated and unable to manage our businesses for a period of time. So there's got to be a financial plan in place, whether there's 
disability insurance or key man type insurance to deal with um, paying for additional help, uh, paying the business owner while disabled. And there has to be a component of the whole succession planning that that doesn't just skip over that possibility and focus only on the death. And um, it's, you know, it's a little bit different in estate planning. We are dealing with a lot of um, concerns about Alzheimer's or dementia as people live longer and and age, not quite as uh, significant. Usually the business owner will be retired before they hit their mid-80s, <laughs> not always, you know, but um, um, it, it's more of, of that medical emergency type thing that is just part of the planning process. You can't ignore disability uh, just because the chances aren't 100% like like with death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I have a client who um, in her early 30s had a stroke. Um, and so there's, there's, you know, it's not just for people who are becoming older. It's, it's for all ages, um, you know, car accidents. And, and I think to myself, you know, we all work so hard at building our business. You know, we're building our businesses. We're growing. We're adding value. Our business is every year becoming more and more valuable. And all of that effort and energy um, needs to be protected so that if something does happen to us as the owner, that business can still remain valuable even without us. Um, and I think that's, that's a, a really important piece. Any last bit uh, parting advice for our listeners? Well, as a, as a small business owner myself for over 30 years, um, you know, I, I learned that um, – you can't just work in the business. You've got to work on the business in order for the business to be successful. So we all tend to get busy, busy, busy in the day-to-day um, of whatever we are doing. And uh, I think it's it's vitally important to, to block out time throughout the year to work on the business, to update your business plans, to update your uh, succession or estate planning. And it's just just all um, part and parcel of being a, a proactive, a good business owner to, to review those things on a regular basis. It's just so, so important. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. I, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and expertise with our listeners. I'd like to share your website again uh, because it has so many great resources. I know you've got video on there, you've got um, the schedule for your workshops that you mentioned, the Truth About Estate Planning workshops that you offer. You've got a great blog post section that covers all kinds of different articles. Uh, I just I love all the information that you provide on your website. So I want to give our listeners that again. It is www.kramerlawcenter.com. That's C-R-A-M-E-R lawcenter.com. And you've been listening to attorney Jeff Kramer. And I am Laurie Lee with Elevate Business Law. You can visit our website at elevatebusinesslaw.com. I'd like to thank you for listening today. And Jeff, thank you again for being with us. Thanks, Laurie. I enjoyed talking with you. (laughs) Thank you. Check back for more episodes with interviews of other business advisors who share their great expertise. And until then... 
We'll see you next